This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today is day 35. And we're going to talk about how family of origin impacts adoption. My wife has changed and morning mindfulness. If you're new here, welcome. We have over 200 shows covering all sorts of marriage topics, everything from uh, an affair, how to get over an affair, to not getting a divorce, all sorts of different Mm -hmm. things. So check out our episodes. Um, And as always, today's show is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook on us if you visit audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. We highly recommend that you do that. It helps us out, but it's going to help you out for sure. That's right. And do not use this uh, podcast as actual therapy. Although I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, we give advice, but go seek a therapist or get emergency services if you need help. That's right. Um, and before we jump into your questions, we're going to read a review of the day. You want to read it? Yeah, sure. I absolutely, let's see. It's from five stars. Five stars. E.A. Taylor 20. Uh, I absolutely love this podcast. Seth is an LMFT and provides such helpful information from a therapist's perspective. Love you too, Melanie. They aren't afraid to tackle any question and they don't sugarcoat anything. Want honest marriage advice? This is a great place to get it. Thank you both for everything you do. The way I see my relationship with my husband has completely changed since I started listening, and I am so grateful. Also, next time y'all are in upstate South Carolina, y'all should definitely host a meetup. Mm-hmm. It would be fantastic. Boom. You know what? Thank you for that. Thank, first, Okay, two things. Thank you for the review, and we will be in South Carolina for a couple of days in October. Yeah. I'll October. So we could have a meetup at Coffee mm-hmm. Underground Ooh, <laughs> Coffee on Main Street, downtown Greenville. They do have very great America or uh, what are they called? Americanos with steamed cream. Yeah, that's a good place. <clears throat> Cappuccinos. All right. Um, let's see. Ready. Also, we are live on Facebook and Instagram every single day at around 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you can always join us. And that's who we're talking to. Sometimes you'll hear us talk to people. It's the Instagram and Facebook people. That's right. So, so hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. South Africa. South Africa. Okay. Let's just <laughs> jump into questions. Hope you're doing good there. Okay. Let's see. I have a question about the definition of family of origin. Is it mainly referring to the family you were raised in or your biological family? Maybe a combination of both. I have 
six adopted children, it's crazy to me how big of a part genetics can play in behaviors. Even children who have never been with birth family or have no memory of them. Mm -hmm. So this is a great question, and it kind of brings in... So can you set that down? Uh, So for family, family of origin does mean the home that you grew up in. It means the home that you learned things from so Mm -hmm. like biological or not or it can be an adoptive home it could be if you grew up with your grandparents or an aunt or an uncle um so it's referring to like i learned from my parents that this type of you know the toilet paper goes that way on the roll and that you know maybe traveling is scary or or you handle conflict this way you yell at people and you mm -hmm. hit them like it's stuff like that that's family of origin but you also sort of had a second part of that question where you said it's crazy how different people can, how these different adopted children are from one another, like genetically, and how that plays a part. So I want to talk about mm-hmm. epigenetics. All right. So badly. Go for it. Because uh, it's, it's just amazing. There's all this scientific research that talks about um, our epigenetics, like genes are turned on and off. Like we ha- they have almost like a light switch. And they are triggered by different things. And so there's been a study of um, families who were in the potato famine in Ireland, mm-hmm. like literally in 1896 or mm-hmm. something, or 76. I don't know when the potato famine was. But those, like gener- six plus generations later, will have a higher predisposition for diabetes mm-hmm. if they were in the potato famine. Right. Because that potato famine turned on a genetic, like, string. That just went from kid to kid to kid to kid to kid. So trauma, what we're talking about here is mm-hmm. trauma, right? And I work in Indian country. We both have that in our in our You're families. You're saying the potato famine is trauma. Yes, okay. it is trauma. And uh, when working when in Indian country, Native American stuff that that we do and are a part of, uh, it's called historical and intergenerational trauma. And this trauma is passed down genetically without us even knowing, right? So sometimes the trauma is triggered and it it turns on our genes or turns off our genes. And just because we have that trauma doesn't mean that we have to carry it. We can. We can fix that, and sometimes in Indian country we call it blood memory instead of epigenetics, and this can be a a good thing too, like carrying on those traditions or knowing. Like whenever I'm in the woods or near a river or something, it's like something, and a lot of people can relate to this, it's just a calmness and it turns on, like with hunting or... What turns on? uh, Just... I kind of go to a different brain space, you know? It's like, oh, I've known this before. I know this kind of thing. And we call that blood memory. And um, what was I saying? Oh, and there's all all kinds of research around trauma and that book by Bessel van der Kolk. Everyone's looking at that book. I know. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. And uh, our bodies carry this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? You may have not thought about it for literally 100 years, but you think about it. And we see this with uh, um, Holocaust survivors and Mm -hmm. World War II survivors and any any kind of mass trauma Mm -hmm. that happens, that that does get carried forward. I want to explain it in a very weird cooking analogy. I don't know why this is what came to my head, but it is. So if you've ever made or eaten like uh, a cake... Or breads that have Most like have. rum-soaked raisins. Oh, right. So think of a raisin. It has its own flavor profile. Uh, it <laughs> tastes like a raisin. Um, but if you soak a raisin in rum, it will start to taste like a raisin and rum, right? Mm-hmm. It tastes different because it's been steeped right. in rum. And it absorbs... It actually will get like big and fat, full plump. of rum. It's plump with rum. I want to be plump with rum. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so it um, oh that raisin actually absorbs the rumminess of the rum. 
So that's what our bodies do, but we are actually creating the chemicals inside of ourselves. So think about it like this. Um, and there's been lots of research about this, so we're not just like making stuff up. But um, if you are in trauma, for example, your grandmother was raised in England during the war. Like right. she had friends die in from bombs, bombing their apartment complexes, and she would hide in shelters. His grandmother, <clears throat> excuse me, was essentially steeped in... Um, Cortisol, the, like uh, fear. Stress, stress hormone. Stress hormone, right? So it affects just like a raisin getting saturated with rum. Your grandma was saturated. Her chem like her literal entire body was saturated in stress hormones. Why are you smiling? Because I'm going to say she's plump, all right? She is plump. She's <laughs> pl probably plump with rum, that's for sure. But so um, she's saturated and... And that that anxiety causes inflammation. Mm -hmm. That anxiety causes. That's why it's like stress is associated with heart chronic, attack and chronic health. I mean issues. Stress is something that is manifested in our bodies and that impacts everything else. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that, and then you like his grandmother's body is soaked in anxiety stuff then she has a child that child will have traces of that anxiety right and so it is it really epigenetics is crazy when you start looking at it right so okay also going back to indian country like we talk about ancestors and stuff like this right so think about it you i'm not here if it weren't for anyone i'm previous related pre previously related to <laughs> Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So whatever their experience was, whatever they lived through, that does get passed down. It's not like, oh, you know, boom, I have all their memories. It's not like woo-woo or anything like that. It's like, literally, my genetics are them, mm -hmm. right? Their memories, how they were raised, their family of origin, trauma or no trauma, um, food or no food, famine or whatever. Mm -hmm. th I That is so important, and people don't think about that, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then... <laughs> And then, you know, okay, time for having your mind blown. It's like, okay, all of my generations passed, all of your generations passed, and now like, oh, now we're together mm -hmm. and we create people, mm -hmm. which is, you know, obviously everybody does that, but it's so complex mm -hmm. and people just don't think about it. Why can't we get along? Well, uh -huh. there's a lot of reasons, right? Or why do we get along? There's a million reasons for that. Yeah. Too. And the other part of that too that I think is really important to note is that um, even on the sort of like relational side of that, if you have someone who like, let's just use your grandma, for example, someone who has gone through war, something incredibly trauma inducing, mm -hmm. um, they will then... Th that that experience impacts how they parent and are in relationship to people. It Im impacts how they fear things or mm -hmm. don't fear things or the anxieties that they have. They pass those down relationally. So we have an epigenetic biological uh, sort of handing down of things. Mm -hmm. And then we have a relational, like interpersonal handing down of things. Mm -hmm. So if I had a parent who was severely anxious... I will then not just, I won't be like a totally stable person that has like, you know, an anxious mom. No, I will have, I will have adopted all of those anxieties as if they are um, like true for everyone because that's yeah, yeah. The, like the, that's again, that's the rum, the sort of emotional interpersonal mm -hmm. rum I am steeped in and I cannot even see it another way. And that's not your fault really. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you, we don't have control over our actions and choices, mm -hmm. but if you're steeped in that, then you that is going to affect you. You know, mm -hmm. like like we talked about, I don't know, a year ago, like after Ellie passed away and we got two dogs and they were just like mm -hmm. neurotic, right? Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't their fault. Oh, but that, yeah, no, that that's did, a great that example, did, yeah. Uh, that really helped. Oh my gosh, I have so much I want to say. Go right? ahead. Mm -hmm. That gave us an insight into like, okay, this dog is crazy. 
it's kind of making us crazy and we're trying to manage that you know everybody has increased anxiety yeah you know why mirror neurons i know we've talked about this in the past right but i've been thinking about a lot lately and listening to the um therapist uncensored like the best podcast (laughs) apart from ours right um but they were talking about mirror neurons and i was thinking about that like you have we got those two dogs like different times we got a puppy but the puppy clearly either it was abused or only its mother was abused and the puppy learned all the abused behaviors i have a feeling the puppy probably wasn't super greatly treated right um and so that dog brought so much freaking anxiety into our home because it was a ball of nerves it freaked out all the time it ran away from people and we weren't doing anything to it and then we have mirror neurons as humans like we Mm -hmm. if someone walks into the room crying we don't just stand there without feeling and go uh can I have a latte? Like we don't, mm-hmm. we we cannot help ourselves but mirror what that person is doing and have mm-hmm. empathy. I mean, you can if you don't have, what is that called when you don't have well, that? psychopaths do that. Psychopaths don't have empathy. But, um, but we have mirror neurons and I was thinking about that with those dogs. It's like we had dogs in our home that were anced out, freaked out weirdo faces all the time mm-hmm. and we immediately switch to that gear because we couldn't make them stop. And so then we just were like, I mean, it was so weird, but it's all back to like, they were treated that way. That's all that they know. We have mirror neurons and then now we're projecting that. So it's so insane and such a cool conversation to have. And I am a neuro nerd for sure. I get really excited about it. Like as a systemic therapist, And then I get excited and go, oh my goodness, this, it's, I wrote a paper in grad school and uh, related string theory to family of origin. And it was, do you know what string theory is? It's like, (laughs) it's all tied to one string. It's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and it was just, I loved it. It was fascinating. Like, oh, everything's related and this and this, and we can do this puzzle. But then like, I have two seconds of that and I'm like, F this, it's too much. I get, o- I get too, overwhelmed. It's over. It is kind of overwhelming because then you start thinking like, <gasps> your what? That's like what nines do. Like I get all, I get excited and go, oh man, this is gonna be. I ex- Forget it. That's like we're not the, having the Enneagram conversation. Nothing yet. is good. Is what. I- <laughs> <laughs> nothing is good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was a really long answer to your question about right. family of origin and genetics, and it, but it is very fascinating to uh, sort of dive into and learn about. And there are ways that you can. Essentially, it's like ther- like the ways that you can heal these kinds of things are therapy um, and different ways to look at it. But what are you doing? Mm, You're reading? I'm reading the question. Okay, okay this so we is have a big another one. question. It is a very big question. And I haven't read it yet. Usually, f- I don't read them. It's a follow-up to... Um, so this is a person who had asked this question previously. So if it sounds similar, that's why. But Okay, my wife and I are going through a huge life transition. We are leaving our church, which was manipulative and borderline abusive. Uh, this change has brought on so many things, negative things, one of which is my wife having an affair with a co-worker. She's become a different person, and I don't know what to do. I've done everything to try and help her get back to her old self. I cook, I clean, I do everything for the kids. I book trips that I know she loves, but she won't go on them with me. I'm at a loss and feeling more and more hopeless. No, that's that's the rest of the question. Sorry. That's also the question. Oh, I've asked her if she's ready to say no to 50% of our kid's life, which, here, you read that. I can't read it. You're holding it weird. <laughs> which will be the reality if she walks out of our marriage. She did not answer. I have asked her if, her if our history, our kids, and our strong belief, which was one of the first things we were strong in together, <clears throat> that our kids should be brought up in a non-divorce situation does not make it worth working for. She did not answer. She has never said the word divorce yet. Not sure if this means something. She has only said she does not want this situation. Me neither. 
Sorry for many words, but I wanted to give some more background on my story. Um, let's see. I'd be happy to get some more input. I'm kind of lost and I'm not sure how to proceed or the next steps to take. Mm. <clears throat> so I want to clarify too. Sometimes we get really giant emails that we have to like um, Condense squash down. Wash down. So sometimes I will paraphrase things and I don't want that to offend people. It's just hard to read a giant email. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the emails have too much information and we don't want to... Um, we want to keep everything anonymous right. as much as we possibly can. So mm-hmm. the thing that comes to mind right off the bat in the very last set of sentences, it says, I ask her this, she says nothing. I say that she does nothing. Okay. Our brains can only take so much, mm-hmm. right? Our brains do the fight, flight, freeze thing, right? When we go from using our fully executive functioning brain mm-hmm. to just our brain stem like lizard brain mode. Right. And we often think of when people are flooded, meaning they're like overwhelmed in their brain, that they fight. That's when you, I mean, even the word flooded to me, I have a strong association with, oh, okay, now it's on, I'm going to punch mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But that's what, this sounds like freeze. I think that your wife is extremely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You're leaving your church you s- said in the email, it's like one of those kind of churches when when you leave, like you're completely excommunicated. Right. Um, that's a huge deal. That is not a small thing. And it's a huge factor in this. And I think <clears throat> this relationship that she's having with this coworker is almost, and I'm not blaming it on her brain state, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. I think there is an element of flooding in her brain. She's completely overwhelmed and she's freezing. Well, I, I think that probably the um, the affair was going on first, and there's always reasons for an affair. And then the stuff at church is just making things 100% worse. So I like your insight into like fight, flight, or freeze. It's like, oh my goodness, this is too much. And I think probably the affair is her coping mechanism mm-hmm. and, and escape, well, right? And, yeah, it Stuff is so too. crazy. Okay, yeah, stuff is so crazy at home and at church. Over here, it's not. So... I don't think any amount of you cleaning or cooking or doing anything is is really, which is great. That's the same exact thing that I did mm-hmm. when we were going through our stuff and just trying to make everything as easy as possible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that's only going to last so long for you. She has to decide for herself. And I, I would like to see some kind of conversation where you approach her and say, okay, everything sucks right now. You're having an affair we need intense counseling, mm-hmm. marriage well, family therapy counseling she's in therapy. two days a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she needs her own. You need your own kind of thing. You can't do this alone. You're not going to make her change. You can't do it for her. And any amount of, I mean, you can be soft and supportive and strong because I want you to be soft and supportive and strong for your own self. You know, like um, what I had an idea. Uh, we were talking about some pillars in our stuff we want to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, Okay, you absolutely have to be strong or or whole and balanced physically, emotionally, spiritually, and biologically for yourself. Biopsychosocial, spiritual. Because anything that's missing, if I have a slice of pie missing and I'm looking for you to be like, hey, my quarter of pie is over here, come in and, you know, fill it up, insert yeah. yourself in that. It's like, well, that's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. It's when we come together with two full pies is when it really works. We need works, to be a buffet. Right? So, uh, I, yeah, I think affairs are so, so... Well, 
Go ahead. Can I say something else about that? So something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is after reading The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, which I highly suggest y'all read, get it on Audible, gets, get it for free from us. So The Power of Habit talks about, um, sorry, this is really funny. Our neighbor just looked up at us and he's like staring at us right now. <laughs> um, sorry. The Power of Habit talks about the way that our brain creates neuropathways. So and here's a really weird example, but it's totally from my actual life. So I have a job where I do, I'm an audio engineer. I love music. So music is a very strong, like positive neuro, like feedback thing in my brain. And I get to talk about music when I, when I work on my job with our friend, Matt, Matt was in season one of our show. So I get to listen to music. That's enjoyable. I get to put it into an episode, do all this fun stuff. And then I immediately talk to Matt about it. Cause it's part of my job. I realized the other day as I was driving, I'm like, why am I always wanting to talk to Matt about the music I'm listening to? And I was like, oh, duh, I've created a neural pathway where I hear something I enjoy, I have to process it for a minute, and the first person I want to go to isn't Seth, it's Matt, because I've made that pathway. I didn't make that pathway on accident. It's a job, it's my job. So it's bizarre, but when you go, oh, okay, the trigger is music, the reward is dopamine, and then it's like a what's the word it's like uh like if you saw a plate of cookies you go oh i want that because your brain saw cookies your eyes saw a cookie your body got ready for that sugar rush and then it makes your hand go Bzzz, cookies mm -hmm. that's a real thing that happens to us Bzzz, noise included um and so you want to think about the, in this affair situation your wife is not looking for a strong steady stable husband she's looking for like endorphin dopamine rush to flip and get out of the trauma that's in her brain right now. Mm -hmm. She's getting there, the potential of being excommunicated from a church. I don't even want stability. I just want like a totally new, it's almost like wanting drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just like, I want out of what I so know. So this could be a really good time or situation. Like we talk about um, things like this are an opportunity to go this way or that way. And yeah. sometimes in marriages and in life, we come to like a crossroads of like, if I go this way, then it will, like, if she continues the affair, okay, you can't be married and one person having an affair, Yeah. then we get divorced and that will change the kids and all this stuff. Or we go, okay, let's, we have to stop this and let's go this way. It's going to be hard as anything you could think of, mm -hmm. but this is the way that we're going to do. It's like when, I mean, you were, you texted me all the time. It's like, I want to divorce you. Mm -hmm. I want a divorce. I'm mm -hmm. like, no. Yeah. No, 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 mm -hmm. no. And the two years were the worst years ever. However, they produced a zillion tons of fruit. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, one of the things in thinking about it is you're saying I'm being, essentially I'm being like this st strong, sturdy husband. I'm doing everything to make my wife's life easier. Like she's depressed. She just sits on the couch. Like this was in the full email. Mm -hmm. And in a way it's like th that again, that isn't what she's looking for. Although you do need to be doing these things for your children. So I want to, I want to really be clear that what you're doing is good. The fact that you're like being, you know, making the dinners, giving your kids baths, like keep doing that stuff. But at the same exact time, when it comes to your wife and her state, um, I don't necessarily think it's fair for you that she's like, well, I'm just, decompensating here i go watch me explode right but that's what's happening that's what i did and again it's not fair it would be awesome if you could get a therapist that would help her to see that it that she has a part to play in it mm -hmm. but another really huge factor is um what are you doing i'm so distracted with whatever you were just doing um a huge factor of it is how can you take this and change it into like a really 
impactful positive change i'm sorry when you do this arm oh, motion sorry. to hurry up i lose my train of thought and i find it very disrespectful i'm sorry so i have lost my train of thought and we can move on i guess sorry i'm not sure why you don't want me to tell him what would be helpful no i i read a question again please the name of that book uh the power of habit by charles duhigg d-u-h-i-g-g mm-hmm. right okay all right sorry about that um i got distracted too okay just a thought i would share oh we're gonna read this one Mm-hmm. Okay, just just thought I would share what God I can't even read. Just thought I would share what you guys have done for me today in my marriage. This is my morning routine, uh, and she sent a picture with like um, sunshine and like writing stuff. Says I spend fifteen minutes away from the chaos and of the kids and my husband, and I call it quote, 15 minutes of mindfulness where I write my thoughts and challenges to myself for that day. I also write about what I heard on the podcast the day before. It's crazy how carving out that time makes the biggest difference. My attitude is 1000 times better because I get to choose my attitude before I have an opportunity to let a situation choose it for me. You guys are amazing. Keep on going. I wanted to share this one. It's awesome. We just got Mm -hmm. this like this morning um, on Facebook and uh, having a morning routine is something that I used to think was really stupid. Like I used to be like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that's for weirdos, overachievers. <laughs> um, but then when I started doing it, when I started listening to the Miracle Morning, mm-hmm. and I and I, I went through a phase of just like, I want to change, totally going to change. I'm going to listen to every audiobook I can. I'm going to just change. And the Miracle Morning was one of the most impactful and uh, kind of growth creating things that I It was a really good starting doing. point, like... Reading that book first and then going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and, and the, I think one of the biggest things she's saying here is that because I get a chance to choose my attitude before I have an opportunity to let a situation choose it for me. So when we don't, it's, uh, it's kind of weird. It seems counterintuitive if you've never done this before. But if you wake up and say to yourself, you know what, self? I can do this. Mm-hmm. I'm really strong. I'm smart. I can critically think and problem solve. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And you know what? All kids are loud sometimes. My kids are loud. No big deal. Right. Like it, in a way, you're kind of giving yourself a little pep talk based on what you've already done, what you know, what you want. And then when your kids run in and like one kid's pants in the other one and calling him a name, you don't freak out because you have... Um, You've you've created this like I know that I can handle this kind of a right. situation. You've primed yourself, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah, that's a great word for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's I, I just really want to encourage you if you don't have a morning routine and you think it's stupid, like I used to think it's stupid, change your thinking. Yeah, change your thoughts, change your life, as Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer says. That's right. Um, but I just, did you have any thoughts on routine stuff or? I I think that. Yeah, routine, like I've read a zillion books on routine and it's hard to do. This is so lame because it's like, it's hard to do and you should listen to this book and listen to this podcast. Everybody says that, you know, it's like, oh, like we we highly encourage others to uh, do and check out what we like, you know, and I feel like our podcast is like that sometimes and I think that's a good thing, but I don't want to feel, I don't want to be that guy that's always telling like, oh, did you listen to X, Y, Z? But it's yeah. really freaking helpful. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, um, you, you share what you're passionate about and you mm-hmm. share and you talk about what has helped you so much and you want others to be helped out in that way. Mm-hmm. And yes, the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, E-L-R-O-D, was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And he talks about SAVERS, which is an acronym for, I think like self-affirmation, um, ex- uh, 
Oh, shoot. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, I can't think of it. You guys go check Visualization it out. Visualization is one of them. Visual Visualization, um, water, uh, reading, writing, and exercise is uh, a thing. And it, it's so there's also tons of research. Like the first hour or the first two hours of your day literally determines the rest of your day. So if you like hit the snooze and you're sluggish and like jump out of bed and your face is still dirty and you, you know, just walk out, your rest, the rest of your day is going to be mm -hmm. disorganized in that way. Someone, right? what's that quote that says something like, if you lose the first hour of your day, you'll spend the rest of your day find, trying to find it again. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I get so much done in the, like I wake, we wake up at five right. and then from five to six, I, I make coffee in the morning and then um, sit down and usually I prepare for, for our podcast because there's a lot to do. Like I'm editing questions down and finding reviews and making sure things are worded anonymously and all that stuff and doing that kind of thing. But um, I have, and we do our like, uh, journaling, what's it called? The high performance, high performance planner, planner, the um, the Rachel Cruz contentment journal. Like we have a, a stack of things we do in the morning. Like right. literally, I have a tray that has like <laughs> my computer, the contentment journal, high performance planner, a, a lined paper so mm -hmm. I can take notes, and I get my whole day organized. Like. The, in the high performance planner, the thing is broken up by hours and like things, motivational things that you say to yourself. Like if I could have one word for today, what would it be? And often it's like strong, uh, depending on what it's going mm -hmm. on. Like if our kid, you know, like one of our kids is kind of going through a thing. And so one of my words is I'm going to be like steady because right. I have to be steady. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, there's just really a, a ton of power and strength and awesomeness that comes from a morning routine. So we wanted to celebrate that you shared your morning routine with us. Yeah. And we want to encourage everyone to start a morning routine if they haven't. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Just don't make it complicated. Share your guys' routine with other people. So Share if it's everything. working. Yeah, it's exactly. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Seize the morning, seize the day. It literally, like the rest of the day follows. If I, if I wake up, drink water, spend time with Melanie, check all my uh, future day stuff out, mm -hmm. go exercise, then it's like, all right, I'm jazzed, let's do this kind of thing. I'm sorry for doing this to you. I want to actively demonstrate, and I know that you kind of got uh, tweaked about that, but then I saw you kind of... feelings got hurt. I know, and you, but you turned it around, so... Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> you did. Good job. I'm sorry about that. And thank you for doing that. Uh, I get impatient sometimes. I'm like, okay, let's go to the next question. And I'd watch the time because I'm also thinking about other stuff that I have to do. So I understand that. Sorry. So you guys are awesome. Let's wrap this up. We're at 28 minutes. Uh, what else? Maybe this is what I need in my life. It maybe. Is. It's not maybe, girlfriend. <laughs> you absolutely do. 110%. And I... Don't care what everybody uh, thinks about Another really it. great book. So I would say uh, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, um, but also High Performance Habits by um, Brendan, Brendan Bruchard. Bruchard. That's a really good one. And he has the High Performance Planner. Uh, you don't need to read the book to do the planner, but it helps you understand his um, process. And his story is really interesting. Right. So I would suggest those um, three things if you're thinking about starting it. But make it easy for yourself. You don't know what I just thought of? So it. you... Me, Melanie, everybody are the sum, are the average mm -hmm. sum of the five people that you hang out with the most, your friends, your spouse, whatever, right? And if we're all hanging out and talking about all this mm -hmm. high performance crap that's awesome, then we're all going to be awesome mm -hmm. and we can be the sum of all the books we read. We can be the sum of the conversations mm -hmm. that we have, the conversations that you guys have and I'm just kind of pumped up about that. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be the sum of the five people I know. I want to be the sum of the 50 people 
the hundred, the the thousands of people mm-hmm. in this group yeah. that are all working towards the same thing, then there's momentum and energy. Yeah, and I and I do in in line with that. I want to say as well that this is a community where you're welcome to celebrate your wins, and no one's going to make fun of you for it. Like there's not, I can I couldn't celebrate my marital wins in my own family. They'd be like, whatever, shut up. Like just let's go swim. Healthy, you know? that's boring. Uh, yeah, healthy. Ew. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> let's kidding. Complain. They're not. They're not but, <laughs> and I love my family, but that's just not how it works. And I don't have friends that I can really share it with either. So this is the community that we are saying: let's rise our tide. All of our boats will rise. Let's right. read things together. Let's challenge one another. Let's. I mean, it really is exciting. So hold on. The bunch hold of on. Are yeah, uh, Rochelle says my morning routine includes AOM. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Not only just me and Melanie, but everybody else in the group. Oh, and it says "Great Deathly Hallows" shared on the day after Universal opened Hagrid's ride. <laughs> oh, we, we didn't went, even know that. I didn't know that. We went to um, the what is it? Harry Potter Studio Films is what tough. We went in in London or in England. London it was amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, read that Harry one. Potter. You guys rock. Uh, love yourself, reflection, Seth. It it's small, but an apology goes a long way, especially because it tells Melanie that you are mindful of how that may have made her feel. Hashtag goals. That's exactly right. That's right. Um, Thank you for noticing that yes i didn't do it to get noticed but it's it's good right um anyway hey, hey uh, uh, i'm sorry gross Who, how many likes i'm sorry <laughs> how many likes <laughs> so, like like it when i apologize heart, heart, heart. anyway thank right. you so much for joining us this morning thank you for being an amazing community again please rate and review the podcast on itunes so many of you have been doing that it is amazing keep doing it leave a review we'll read it on the show we it it helps us in so many more ways than you can even realize this is a lot of work we spend a lot of mental energy and relational energy on producing this show together and we love it so when you rate and review the show and share it with your friends it means a ton to us and again um please send in your questions so we get questions every day but i want to encourage you no question is a stupid one no question is not important or too small or it doesn't matter all questions are important um Especially in marriage and relationship, because we I'm don't often learn now. these things. <laughs> yes, that's getting hard. You've been waiting Sweet. that whole time. Yeah. Um, but there, I just really want to encourage you: share the show with people you know have questions. Share it with people who are engaged, people who are dating, people mm-hmm. who have been married a long time, who, who are in a bad spot. We will talk about absolutely all of this stuff because absolutely all of it matters. That's right. Um, relationships affect everything. That's so, right. Thank you again. Have an amazing day. All right. Love y'all. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.